Joshua rose early in the morning, and he set all the sons of Israel out at Shittim, and came before the Jordan, and they lodged there before the crossing. At the end of the three days, the officers went throughout the midst of the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your own place and go after it. However, there shall be between you and it, and it a distance of about two hundred cubits by measure. Do not come near it, so that <coughs> do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow; the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and the cro- and cross over. Ahead of the people, so they took up the ark of the covenant and went ahead of the people. All right, really exciting times. We are about to pass over into the promised land. Think about how long they've been dreaming about that. These forty years in the wilderness, and even from the time of Abraham, God had promised this land, and they're getting ready to cross over there. And uh, there is one big obstacle. To crossing over the land to the into the land, what's that? The Jordan. The Jordan. Now, there are a lot of times during the year that it wouldn't have been too hard to cross over the Jordan, but not in the spring, when the river was at flood stage, like it was here. We'll see that a little later on in the text. Uh, so this was a time that you couldn't cross the Jordan. That's going to be an issue. How the how will that uh, happen? Um, but he he you know has them lodged there at the Jordan for three days. Now I think that's interesting. They got three days to look at what the water, the flooded Jordan. <clears throat> Wonder if they figured out a plan by the end of those three days. It's going to take a whole lot of boats. <laughs> you know. Or one ark. <laughs> well, yeah. It's going to be quite an ark to get a uh, few million people across. That's what they used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good point. <laughs> Is that what you meant the whole time? That's what he meant. I didn't catch it. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I like both interpretations. You can actually done either way. Yeah, but you're you're all right. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, you can just see, you know, we can't get through here. We, you know, what is what? What's God doing? I mean, this tests their faith and trust in God. And so, at the end of the three days, he says, when you see the ark, then go out after it. Now, who's going to carry the ark? Who usually carries the ark? The Kohathites. The Kohathite family of the Levites, but not the priests. So I think this is a special event, obviously. The priests themselves are carrying the ark. And they're to carry it. Where are the people supposed to be? Where do you know the Kohathite family? Oh, all over the place. Uh, try numbers... Uh, Six, no. Three and four? I don't know. Yeah, I think numbers four should do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's three. Three. Yeah. I was thinking that to be a priest, you had to be from Kohath. Right? That is correct. Because Aaron was through Kohath. Aaron was a Kohathite, so, but yeah. it was non Aaronic Kohathites that normally carried the ark. Okay. Non Aaronic, not, not from Aaron's family. So he had multiple siblings. Well, yeah, I mean. So you could be a Kohathite but not be a priest. Exactly. But you can't be a priest and not be a Kohathite. That's exactly right. You've got that. Yeah, the priests were a subset of Kohath, were a subset of Levi. Get a Venn diagram going here or something. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyhow, where were the people supposed to be? And the other time that the priests took up the ark was when, in First Kings 8, at the dedication of the temple, apparently. Okay, I hadn't thought about that. Okay. 2,000 cubits behind it. And how long would 2,000 cubits be? 3,000 3, feet. So how, how, how far is that? 3,000 a mile. Yeah. Between half and three-fourths of a mile behind it. That's a pretty good distance behind it. Don't you think? Why? So everybody could see it? I don't think so. The holiness of God? I think so. <laughs> what can't you do with the holiness of God? Get too close. I mean, does that remind you of anything? The mountain. The mountain. They had to put a boundary up. Not even an animal could touch the mountain. Does it remind you of anything else? Burning bush. Okay. That's not what I was thinking of. How about the Holy of Holies? Even the tabernacle itself. Remember how they had to have a Levite kind of uh, protection around the tabernacle? Because if some, you know, poor Israelite... Somehow happened to stumble into the tabernacle, they'd be toast. You know, I mean, you can't get that close to the uh, presence of the Lord. I mean, He's a holy God. They're sinful people. You know, uh, it would just destroy you. So I think you know they keep their distance even from the ark here. Now, the fact that the ark is leading shows that this is a spiritual event. You know, I mean, I don't know if you were going to send a leading force you know, into the country you're going to invade, what would you send them with? Strong people. Strong people, probably with pretty good uh, armor and uh, weaponry. I mean, it almost reminds me of like D-Day or something. You know, you'd send your best troops, best equipped, and, you know, best stuff you've got. They're sending the Ark first. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Ark doesn't fire arrows and, you know, doesn't carry a sword. And so it shows you they're really seeing this as a spiritual thing. This is God leading them into the uh, the battle. Um, let's see, what else have I got here? You know, and, and, I mean, so he's just telling them, okay, the ark needs to go. We'll see as we keep going. But, I mean, go where? Go how? You know, if I had been Joshua, I think I'd have said, uh, you know, if we could wait a couple of months, the river would be down, that'd be a better time. Or maybe, you know, got any different route? I mean, maybe if we go back to Kadesh Barnea and come in from the other side, you know, uh, there's no caucus, there's no commission, there's no committee. He just, they just do it, you know, whatever he says. 
And uh, so, uh, and and what else does Joshua want the people to do to get ready? Consecrate themselves. Spiritual preparation, then, not military preparedness, which is interesting. And uh, so the priests are the ones that take the lead. They take the ark and they go up ahead of the people. Now. You know, that would take some courage. You know, this is a dangerous thing. Both the Jordan and the Canaanites that they're going to come into the land of. But the leaders need to take the lead. They need to have the courage to blaze the trail. And these do. Comments and questions on those first six verses. What would they have done to consecrate themselves? Offer sacrifices and things like that? Or? Yeah, perhaps. He doesn't say. I would say certainly wash themselves in their clothing. That's often the case. Maybe there would be some kind of sacrifice, but I don't know about that. He doesn't really say. Was the Jordan like actually hard to cross at this time? I guess I have heard that. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's see. Somewhere or other it tells you that. Okay. Verse 15. Is it verse 15? Hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I just happened to look down and see. Thank you didn't for actually that. Yeah. And it was in there somewhere. For the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest. Okay. So this is the time when the Jordan is flooding. Okay, so like it's flooded, but does that mean that like it's, I mean, is it dangerous to cross the flooded river? Like, I uh, guess maybe I don't really know. <laughs> well, what do you do to get across it? Swim, <laughs> you know, that would probably work for some people. <laughs> but yeah. mom wouldn't make it. Yeah, you got 600,000 men and then all the uh, old, you know, women and children and all that. I don't think we're going to have a hard time. I mean, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. You wonder if any of them know how to swim. <laughs> that could be really interesting. You know, just crawl across the dead people on the bottom. You know? <laughs> And, and, I mean, I don't know how deep the river was, but if it had a good current, which yeah, it probably, probably did, did at flood stage. you know, it would Might be pull tough. you under and downstream before anybody can so throw a rope at you. Right, yeah. I, so I don't know if it even is technically possible a strong person could have crossed it. Besides all the cargo that they had to take and the animals and everything. Right. They had yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff. You would think that the donkeys might be a little difficult to get across. <laughs> have another donkey going, look, we're not crossing. <laughs> <laughs> we're going some other way. The, uh, when they were camping by the Jordan, it reminded me of them camping sort of by the Red Sea. Yes. And just that same these are not the same people with the exception of th- two. two of them now I was thinking Moses but two of them now you know but still there's that you know you're, you're backed up against the water and it's not a small little puddle and yeah you're right yeah I mean I, you know I mean God sometimes will tell us to do something it's like but we can't do that and that's where we just need to do it. <laughs> and he will provide the resources. He'll provide the strength. I mean, God told the disciples, feed the multitude. Feed the multitude? You know? What do we got? Yeah. Well, we couldn't take 200 days wages and buy enough food for all these guys. We got five sandwiches. You know? God says, feed the multitude. You feed the multitude. Don't worry about what you got. You know, I think, I think that mentality of, well, you do what God says. 
You don't say, well, what I can't. Well, who's to say what you can or can't do? Who made you anyway? As God told Moses, who made your mouth? Mm-hmm. You know. So this is kind of exciting. Other thoughts? I was also thinking back about um, when we were talking about the ark. You know, they sent the ark out front, uh, you know, because it was a spiritual event and, you know, God's presence was there and they're trying to be honoring and things like that. It's interesting, you know, later in later battle strategies when they tried to bring out the ark, it didn't work so well. But, uh, yeah. It was a little bit different. Well, I think you bring the ark when God tells you to bring the ark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's his ark. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, because yeah. there were times when the ark would, like, lead them in their marches to the wilderness, mm-hmm. or, or at least be a part of that in Numbers 10. Okay, uh, 7 to 17. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. You shall, moreover, command the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Then Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivite, the Perizzite, the Girgashite, and the Amorite, and the Jebusite. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Now then, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. It shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan will be cut off, and the waters which are flowing down from above will stand in one heap. So, when the people set out from the tents to cross the Jordan with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan, and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows with all its banks of the days of harvest. The waters which were flowing down from the above stood and rose up in one heap, a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarephan, and those which were flowing down toward the sea of the Arabah and the Salt Sea were completely cut off, so the people crossed off to Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed on dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Okay. So God uses this event to exalt Joshua, to confirm his leadership, and to show everybody that he was going to be with Joshua, just like he had been with Moses. Verse 7, and he tells the priests to get their feet wet. You know, get into the water. Uh, That's, uh, wow, nothing's going to happen if we're not willing to take a risk. If we're not willing to do something that's... uh, rather unconventional and dangerous. So he says, go into the water. And, uh, you know, Joshua speaks to the people. And he says, you know, this is going to show you that God is God enough to conquer the nations that are in the land and give you the land. He mentions the seven nations that would perhaps most commonly be mentioned as residing in the land in the Old Testament. 
Canaanite, Hittite, Hivite, Perizzite, Girgashite, Amorite, and Jebusite. And uh, so God's going to defeat all those nations. Um, and uh, then 12 men, one from each tribe, were supposed to go into the uh, water, uh, uh, you know, accompany the, the ark and the priests into the water. And, and wow, can you imagine the priests walk into the water with the ark and what suddenly happens? No more water. The water just backs up above them, just sort of like, uh, you know, instantaneously dams itself up. <laughs> you know, and just a, this huge mountain of water just stuck. <laughs> you know, water doesn't do that. It's, it's uh, just as impressive as the crossing of the Red Sea in many ways. You know, that this water just suddenly, that, it's like there's this invisible dam, this invisible barrier. And it just stops right there in this great big heap. Which, won't that remind the people of Moses? Not that many of them had seen it, but they've heard about it. I mean, the Canaanites have heard about it. Surely the Israelites have heard about it. And so Joshua is a similar in a similar position here to uh, Moses. And uh, that's exactly what happens. You know, so the priests go out and... Uh, you know, they, they get in the middle of the Jordan and stay there with the ark on dry ground and let the people cross over. You know, as long as the priests are in the the river. In the riverbed. <laughs> yeah, in the riverbed. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're where the river was. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, you know, amazing. How did God do that? say, but he did it. Yeah. How did he make the water in the first place? I mean, that'd be even harder than doing this. <laughs> so do we need to come up with some natural explanation for how this happened? Yeah. Some people say it was like an earthquake, and somehow the earthquake affected the flow of the water. And He's a comet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that quickly eroded after they... Yeah, well, it took another earthquake probably to... Uh, an earthquake. It, yeah. The, the earth cracked open and all the water went down in there and flowed down underneath them and went down and then there was another little earthquake and the crack sealed itself up. Wow, yeah, that again. was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, there are, some of the explanations that people give are harder to imagine than just God doing it. It's like, <laughs> wow. I mean, if, if God made the world in six days by the breath of his mouth, is it really that big a trick for him to stop the water? Just kind of like stops. I mean, we can't do that. We can't begin to do that. We can't imagine it. But the God, God who made the water can stop it when he wants to. Thoughts and comments? Just a couple questions to help visualize it. When it's, it's it says in verse 16 that's a great distance away when it's in a heap. Can they see that from where they are? Because it says it's a great distance. That's what I wondered. Good question. And I have a note that says that the city of Adam was 18 miles upriver mm. from where the Israelites crossed. How they know that, I don't know. It also says it was a great heap, great heap of water. So <laughs> I was assuming they could see it. Big enough. Hard to see 18 miles away. Yeah, it was 18 miles. But is it not as big as a mountain? <laughs> I don't know how a, this is water basically getting up. <laughs> okay, 
So the other question, since that didn't really have an answer. At least not by us. Does it just, since it stops there and start fading out water, or does all the other water just like disappear and it's dry the ground? Because it is, also says it's dry. But does it just fade out and continue, or does it, is it all, just away, all get pulled back up into that? Uh, I've assumed it just flowed on, but I don't know. Okay. It did, but there's like a giant blow dryer in there. <laughs> <laughs> Dry it off. There we go. The water is running away from the arc in both directions. <laughs> Single directed wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I wondered when it said uh, the waters that were flowing down were completely cut off. Like, yeah, does it mean like they kept flowing? Or, yeah, did they like disappear? I don't know. Well, mine's in 16, the waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap. Yeah, they keep going. Yeah. Those that were flowing down. Uh-huh. From the down side. I have a couple of questions that are not related to those points. <laughs> okay, see if we can do any better with that. Um, I was just thinking, you know, when God did this at the Red Sea, did that with the first generation, and they're seeing all this, and, you know, here God's doing it with the second generation. I'm wondering if that's just kind of God's way of maybe giving them a similar benefit that he gave the first generation. I really don't know how, what to make of that, but it's an interesting parallel, I guess. Um, I don't know what you thought about that. Well, I think there are parallels uh, intentionally to the Exodus <laughs> um, kind of a thing. You know, I mean, it's a very similar event. And so I think it's... Uh, you know, is kind of the key miracle for this new generation. I, I think, I mean, a lot of the language is very similar. And then I guess the other thing I was thinking of, and this is probably just speculation, but um, we know that it talks about um, when the first generation crossed through the Red Sea, they were baptized unto Moses because of that situation. And I know the Bible doesn't say this anywhere, but I am I kind of wondered because of the parallel, if it's kind of like a baptize unto Joshua kind of thing. Question mark might be, was there a cloud over them? Yeah. That would be needed to complete the baptism imagery, perhaps, but I don't yeah. know. The, the text never says that. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Other questions or comments? Logan? The seven nations mentioned in verse 10, does that, like, the seven, is it relevant to anything? Is it like a perfect annihilation of all it? Yeah, I think, you know, you've got a full complement of nations in the land. You've got, you know, the perfect number of nations there, and they're going to destroy them all. There's actually several ways of dividing them up. If you start looking at all the different texts that list the nations in the land, they're not all identical. But these, I, I believe I'm right that these are the seven most commonly mentioned uh, peoples. So whenever it says in verse 7 that this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, the idea is that God is trying to build Joshua up as a leader so that the people know that he's worth following. Yeah, and that God is with him. Yeah, I don't know that the Philistines are on that list very often. They were on the edge of the land. 
Yeah. But that doesn't mean they were on the most common before they Yeah, and they certainly would have been, they were certainly on the other side of the land. Maybe the last things they'd come to. And they didn't really drive them out either, since they were their nemesis. Well, nor did they drive out these other guys for the most part, yeah. If they mentioned them, there would be eight and not seven. <laughs> yeah. But, the no, but but there's various. If you if you if you just add all the different ones that are mentioned in different accounts, you got a bunch. Okay. So yeah. that's just like in the Gergeshites forever. Do what? No. This just like in the all Gergesh- these people. I know of no Gergeshites today, but that's <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> if you if you find a Gergeshite, you know, let us know. How long would it take them to walk across this? I don't know. I don't know how wide the line was. 18 miles? <laughs> no. Yeah. How wide was the river? That too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Because the priests are standing there That's holding right. the ark and holding, and they're following it going, okay. <laughs> come on, come on, guys. <laughs> Pick her up. Move her faster. And then they all had to stay that distance away still, right? So they went three-quarters of a mile on the side. Yeah, I they like a three-quarter mile circle around there. Because you can't, at some point, you would pass them if they had to stay in the water. Well, but I'm thinking that they're like up here, and then three-quarters of a mile downstream is okay. when the, where the people are crossing, and 18 miles upstream. And I don't water know is. that we have to keep that three-quarter distance. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would have been my interpretation. They started out that way, right. and they arrived at the river, and everybody else came in. Right. So uh, if they passed they, them, there may not be that. Um, but they were still some distance away from them, I'm sure. But it's, would think so. if the point of having it was that you didn't get destroyed, why would it all of a sudden go away? Would, would well, they, the ark left from among the people. So there wasn't at that point either. So no. it was like they were together, no, and the ark moved out, and then they maintained that distance as they approached the river, and I don't know. Yeah, good. We got more questions. We've got answers here, but uh, it's good that we're visualizing it and trying to kind of imagine what it was like. I think they went around it that far. <laughs> Could it go with Clint's point of the baptism? Could the being baptized make it closer to God? That's probably ridiculous. <laughs> what do you really think? You to talk yourself out of that <laughs> Take it easy on the teacher that way. Yeah. Hindered. <laughs> talk about building a straw man and tearing him down. <laughs> In the same sense. We, we love you, Logan. <laughs> this fight. We just show it in unusual ways. <laughs> Alright, other thoughts? Do you wonder if the uh, folks from Jericho came out to watch? Uh, that would be cool. Uh, I'm assuming no, but that would be interesting. You wonder if there was anybody who did watch. How far away was Jericho? Is it like right there on the river? Pretty close. Well, the people at the city Adam, they've got a huge... Yeah. Water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder about random people coming to get water. <laughs> you wonder yeah. if anybody touched it. <laughs> Here, I pulled the fish. <laughs> Anyone downstream is going to be like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Where'd like, the water all go? Like, hug in the water. <laughs> water rice. Now we can put it on later. <laughs> there it is. 
the old west. You do. You guys certainly do have active imaginations. <laughs> well, we were just figuring out how the spies got across. Too. Yeah, obviously I was, this I was just about to ask. No, I think yeah. they built a raft. <laughs> it's sort of a raft. They could have. How did the spies get across? Yeah. <laughs> It came from the south. There's probably bridges, aren't there? No, the two spies. I doubt There should be bridges. <laughs> the two spies. What did it is there across on the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> you redeemed yourself once. That was why didn't they throw the cross on the bridge? Yeah. <laughs> Why's well, God told them not to? <laughs> why didn't they go around? <laughs> so I can see they're walking down across the. And there's a bridge right around. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, never had this video. I died. This is just a stone. <laughs> Going in new territories that we've never before have been explored, I'm well, sure. People cross just the like Jordan that. all the time. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it has to be possible. But not so much at flood stage. Yeah, it's oh, like, oh, all right, guys, yeah. get into flood stage. Choose your side. You're stuck there for the next three months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I mean, I assume there would have perhaps been rafts and boats and whatever that would have crossed, but it was a more challenging thing when it's a flood stage, and you know, to get this whole nation across, it's not a lot of work. The pictures I've seen of Jordan are like a creek. <laughs> I know that's it's what I was confused about line. this whole flood thing. Although yeah. some of those pictures, you wonder what the scale is. Uh, whether it's, it's, it's a whether it's like that. the White River, or, you know. No, I mean there are pictures of the Jordan today, and it's just a little, little stream. Mm-hmm. And then you couldn't have stayed three quarters yeah. of a mile away. <clears throat> Some parts it is just a stream, but others it's like mile wide. Like most rivers, they vary. I mean, there's places you could jump across it. So yeah. why didn't they go there? <laughs> That's where the spies went. <laughs> <laughs> so God can show His glory. Yes. Well, uh, moving on, <laughs> chapter 4, uh, about 1 to 14. Now when all the nations of the 